This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, episode number 76. Are you ready to be inspired? You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. Hey everyone, welcome to the show today. Today on the show, I'm interviewing Jack Bosch. Now, Jack, like many of us, got started in real estate as a way to try to figure out how to quit his job, and he got pretty good at it, and he did it by flipping land for cash flow, which I know sounds very strange, but he was able to generate cash flow by flipping land. And he'll talk about that, but then his theory was, is there anything in real estate that can create forever cash flow? And he dabbled with single-family house rentals and also multifamily in an attempt to try to answer that question. So I'm going to let him share with you his journey of discovery. Here, with no further ado, here's Jack Bosch. Hey, Jack, welcome to the call today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Oh, I appreciate it. That was very kind. So give us a little introduction to yourself, Jack. All right. Wonderful. Yes. So my name is Jack Bosch. I'm actually originally from Germany, just like we have similar roots here. Um, I'm in the United States for now over 20 years, uh, just uh, just 20 years, actually, this month. It's 20 years. And I came here to finish my college degree. I got a job. I worked in a uh, just like everyone else, got a job and so on. And and, and then I started uh, basically I, I do real estate now. Um, I, I transitioned from regular work to real estate. So I've been um, flipping land. I've uh, bought uh, a whole bunch. I've, I've bought up a portfolio of rental properties. And uh, as of last year, I've gotten also heavily into multifamily, which is probably the reason why I'm here. So since it's a multifamily podcast, so I'm I'm in real estate for now 15 years already, uh, full time real estate with my wife, with my uh, with a team, and uh, been very successful. And, and and it's it's my love. I, I really love real estate. Everything about so it. so you came over from Germany to go to school here, and you presumably got a job. And why did you start getting involved in real estate in the first place? All right. Well, kind of like if you come, uh, if, if you if you get a job here in the U.S., which uh, is pretty normal for all Americans, but like if you, I worked a lot. I had to travel a lot, and the job was a hundred percent travel job of being constantly at customer sites. And with two weeks vacation, uh, soon enough, I realized that's really not the life I wanted to live. And uh, and on top of it, um, I went. This company went through kind of like a, a little bit of a difficult time where they had to let go of several thousand people in a matter of one year. And uh, so I see people like popping off left and right. And luckily, I did not get fired. But because uh, I that would have wrapped havoc because with the visa I was on, I was I was sponsored visa. One of these H one B visas uh, sometimes in the news these days. And uh, if I would have lost my job, I would have had to literally leave the country uh, because nobody else was sponsoring, was, was hiring people on those visas. And so I, I basically realized that the path to being able to travel the world, the path to being able to stay in contact with my family in Europe, which I'm the only one here in the U.S. from my family, uh, the path to uh, living the life that I want to live was not by being an employee. So I looked around through all kinds of different things. I knew I had to start a business, but uh, real estate appealed to me because, and I saw literally an infomercial at night that says like where people talked about making ten, twenty thousand dollars, and it's like, well, if that's even halfway through, then then this sounds really exciting because I only need I don't know a deal a month. I only need something. I need need some cash flow and so on that. That I can that I can live a life without without a job. 
All right, so you you said you were too dependent on your employer, certainly right. for the for the visa. It's not like you can switch jobs like the normal sure. American could, and so that was definitely a problem for you. So you said, "Oh, I got it, real estate." Now, in the realm of real estate, what did you start doing? Well, I started uh, in the housing world. I started. Uh, I wanted to wholesale a house, but I soon realized no. But I soon realized that in aftermath, now I know that I had mispriced it, misvalued it, because I knew nothing about real estate. So I really, the beginning was hard. It took me several years to really figure out my niche. And, and I didn't end up doing that deal. I would have probably lost my shirt on the deal if I would have bought it and rehabbed it. So I didn't. And, uh, and soon afterwards, I came across uh, tax liens and tax deeds. And then I came across land. And uh, I started flipping land. And, and that, to me, at that time, and even today still, I still flip land today, was something that really made sense particularly from a point of view, actually, and it might sound weird from a point of view of cash flow. I know I listen to almost all of your podcast episodes. It's all about, it's all about cash flow in, in this thing and, and also appreciation. And, uh, but I'm a cash flow guy. So I, what, what we ultimately figured out in the land areas is how, that we could sell these pieces of land with seller financing and get long-lasting passive cash flow. So we built cash flow without houses. Well, it was actually kind of cool and, and, and a lot of fun, and we continued to do that. So that's, I, I really knew, I, I knew that I needed to get rid of my job. I knew I needed to build up cash flow and through real estate and through selling real estate on, uh, on seller financing, we made cash flow work for us, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that is kind of strange. So most people who get started real estate, they, you know, they, they, they flip a house, they wholesale a house. And then you come up with this land strategy, right? When we say right. flip and cash flow normally aren't in the same sentence. How, and then you said, well, I started flipping, flipping land for cash flow. And I was very intrigued uh, with that. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about the strategy of when you say flip land and cash flow? Like, can you just explain how that works? Sure, absolutely. So, so overall, I, in, in our family, we developed a terminology that is not – probably dictionary terminology, but the dictionary, we, we define the real estate transactions by how, what sort of cash they spit out. So we define deals, they're called, we, we, number one, we define them, we, the first kind of deal is what we call one-time cash deals. Now, again, you won't find that term in the terminology, but what it basically means is that, uh, in the dictionary, what it basically means is that if you do a deal, you, you flip a house, you flip apartment complex, you flip something, you get paid once and that's it. So in order to really retire, you have to do either so many deals that you have a gazillion dollars in the bank or you can't retire. So option number two is what we call uh, temporary cash, which is basically if you lend somebody money, they pay you interest and then they pay you the money back. Well, that's passive income, but it doesn't last forever. It lasts perhaps for half a year, six months, or if you give somebody a hard money loan and so on and so forth, that, that is more passive, more recurring, but it's not forever. So when we got started, we really just wanted to get, when I got started with my wife, Michelle, uh, when we got started, we really just wanted to get out of the job. So we started flipping for cash. But then soon enough, we kind of like realized that when we stopped and went on a vacation, the cash stopped. Right. So we we're like, how can we extend that cash flow? And the way we did it, because we were dealing with land only, um, the way we did it is by allowing people to pay in monthly payments. So yes, we flipped those properties very quickly, but instead of getting paid out for them, if somebody wants to, to buy a property for $30,000, that we perhaps, and that's the other benefit of land flipping, is that you can get into these properties very, very cheap. Let's say we gotten this property under contract for $4,000 and we sell it for $30,000, then perhaps we can ask somebody for a 15% down payment, which is $4,500, $5,000. It's not unreasonable for a $30,000 purchase. 
So now with that, we got all our money back when we sell the property. And now we get perhaps three or $400 a month for the next eight to 10 years. Now you do that a bunch of times, you got nice massive cash flow coming in that helps you. But then we also realized after a few years, people started paying off these loans that if we don't keep that going, after about six, eight, 10 years, the cash flow starts going down. Now it's, it's beautiful. You have cash flow for six, eight, 10 years and you have to don't really do anything anymore once you build it up. So it's, it's a wonderful strategy for a beginning investor, but it doesn't still allow you to retire forever. Right. And so then we came up with a third concept, which is called forever cash, which is basically nothing but passive everlasting income. And that's when we got it started into houses and into apartment complexes. All right. So you started with this with this land flipping, which is kind of like flipping houses, but with land. And you got you know, right. you got good at it. And you're like, huh, I got to figure out how to keep the money flowing. So you did the seller financing thing, which is, right. which is really cool. You see that on the mobile home park, for example, is a great way to generate cash flow. Uh, right. And so that worked really well. And they said, well, that's pretty good for six to eight years, but we want forever cash, right? right? And that's when you kind of started thinking about multifamily. Now, tell me about that thought process. You kind of did. So what was that transition like between, and you're still flipping land and you're teaching others how to do the same thing, uh, but you've also right. started getting into multifamily. Can you tell, tell us a little bit more how you did that? Oh, yeah, the thought process. Yes, actually, that's an, uh, if I, as I thought about it here, the thought process was such that, we started in 2002, all the way in 2009, we did not touch a house. We had never touched a house, other than the house we lived in ourselves, right? But other than that, we had not touched a house. Now, I literally, once we realized we need to get into this forever cash thing, we need to get pa true passive income for forever, we knew that at some point of time, we need to get into, the, into rental properties in some shape or form, rental apartments, rental properties. Now, rental apartments, apartment complexes was like off the radar for us because we thought like, well, that's too complicated. So what we what we looked at is we started we looked at uh, perhaps buying rental houses. Now in two thousand five, six, seven, it didn't make sense. Prices were so high, you would you couldn't you couldn't make it make cash flow work. But in two thousand nine, I attended the local real estate investor association meeting. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and all of a sudden I realized they were giving some statistics that you could buy houses for forty, fifty, sixty dollars a square foot, and I was like, whoa! So we started, and that's where we basically couldn't resist. So we bought. Uh, we took the cash flow from the land and started buying as many houses as we could at that point of time, which is several dozen. And we keep buying right now, but in different markets, just little by little. And then we manage them ourselves and we rehab them with, uh, with, with, with crews and things like that. So we went through all these motions, made a whole bunch of mistakes. Like the Hearst house, we, we should have probably spent $10,000 on rehabs. We spent twenty five. Right? It's like crazy. We way over improved that property. And we made a whole bunch of mistakes and we got the wrong tenants in and all those kind of things that everyone talks about you are the mistakes that people make. We made. And then ultimately we found a good property management company that we could outsource this to. We tested them. We gave them a few, a few uh, properties first. They did a really good job. And then we gave them our entire portfolio here. And then we started buying in other markets and find good property managers there. And now we're getting a nice cash flow from there. But it's still not 100% hassle-free because just, just literally yesterday, I got an email. There was an eviction happened. Uh, one of the tenants got out and uh, was evicted. And they left $3,700 worth of damages in that house. So now that wipes out the cash flow for the entire year on that property. 
So it's very frustrating sometimes to deal with that because you're dealing with one property at a time. So at the same time, though, by going through that process, we realized that, well, dealing with houses is not as complicated as we thought it is. Uh, you can learn it. You can systematize it. And that's probably something that's something we're I think we're very good at creating systems. And uh, we even have a mastermind for business owners that we help where we all help each other create better systems and so on. But um we started putting systems in place and how to manage our, our property managers and what KPIs to look at and things like that. And all of a sudden, things started working better and we get more and more cash flow. And at that point of time, we thought, okay, so there's still hassles here. Let's look at multifamily because I believe if you go into multifamily, and I, that was the thought process back then, if you buy a big enough building, you can actually buffer yourself double from all these hassles by having a property management company in place and also having full-time staff people in the property that actually solve all those problems that on the single families right now come to me. And that, that's exactly right. And, and here's the thing, you, you're still going to have hassles, right? Uh, right? But you're right. There tends to be a level of professionalism with multifamily that that insulates you from a lot of stuff. So when there, an eviction does happen, it depends on, I tend to get kind of involved in the property management early on, with, especially with a new deal or relationship. And so I want to know exactly what's going on. But after a while, let's say six, nine months, I start pulling back. And when an eviction happens, I don't really necessarily need to know about it. I just look at my monthly numbers. And if if that looks okay, then then then, then that's fine. And, and so with a house, you do get that. It's more difficult to insulate yourself from from that. So you were thinking, right. oh my gosh, why don't I uh, scale this up a little bit and maybe it'll be a little less hassle to do that. So you kind of transition from single family house rental strategy to multifamily strategy. So okay. when you decided to do that, what, uh, what happened after that? Well, the first thing I always do when I learn something new, now I've done over almost 4,000 land transactions. So I've done, I know my land stuff inside out. I've done, now I own several dozen uh, rental properties and for years now. And so I've, I've seen a lot of stuff there. But I, I, I did understand that with multifamily, there's a learning curve included again, because uh, the, the, the acquisition process, the, the sourcing process, the, the negotiation process, the analysis process and the management process works slightly different than on single family houses or quite a bit different. So I did what I, what I always do when we just, when we engage in some new activity. And I learned that early on because it took me three years to figure out my land flipping method. I didn't want it to take another three years to figure this out. Or, I mean, I probably was 80, 90% there. I just needed the extra 10, 20% of like how this is different than other pieces. So I, I basically looked for somebody that, that, that I could partner up with, somebody I could learn from. So I, we partnered up with a friend here in town uh, that happened to have just a, a that that is in a multifamily area. And uh, he basically allowed us, he says like, well, if you guys raise half of the money for the deal, we'll go split whatever equity piece we as sponsors get in the deal. So I was basically learning right on the get-go and we successfully bought a 93-unit apartment deal in Louisiana with that. So it's not in our backyard, it's in Louisiana. And that has been a spectacular um, experience. Since then, we were gotten very close to buying a few more properties and so on. But this was a learning process now. We, we sometimes do deals together still with our partners sometimes, but we all, we're all independent of each other uh, doing, doing our own deals. So I basically learned from an expert, just like, I, I mean, uh, for, if you're listening, anyone listening here, I mean, I know I understand you do that same too. You 
you offer that even. That's a great, great, great strategy to get into a deal and learn the ins and outs of the deal. You you mentioned partnering and partnering is, is a very, very common theme with people I interview, people who got started, people who are successful and they partner for a variety of different reasons. They partner either because they don't have the money and so they're partnering with someone who has the money and they're hustling and finding a deal, which is hard enough to do. Then there's other others who actually have the money and they want to get the experience. So instead of investing passively in a deal, they will do what you did and they, they want to invest, I don't know, active, you know, passive active. They, they want to get into a deal. Uh, they may not find a deal. They may not may not be the lead on a deal, but they don't want to just be passive. They will invest with an active syndicator, but they want to learn the business. And so you guys kind of worked out a joint venture partnership where you weren't just a passive investor, but you were actually much more hands-on so that you could do it yourself, right? Right, exactly. And we went through all the details from from the acquisition process, the analysis process, the management process, the the of being on the ground, being all the things. So it was like an MBA and multifamily. And and as I said, I mean, in my particular case, I want to say I know a fair amount about real estate already. So it was like for me, it was about bridging that 10, 20 percent gap that was missing. Like, how is this different? What KPIs are you looking at? How do you do do certain kind of things? And it was very, very enlightening, very, very uh, incredible what uh, what you learned the process. Like, for example, the distinction between overall occupancy and economic occupancy, which you don't really hear in another, hear in another, uh, another framework out there. So, so now we are, we're out there, we're building our team, we're building additional funding sources, and we have pretty big goals in the, in the apartment space over the next five years. And are you going to work, uh, you said, are you going to work exclusively with this partner? Or are you going to do more with this partner? Or are you really looking to kind of build out your, your own portfolio? I'm, build, I'm looking to build out my own portfolio. Uh, we are still very, very good friends with this partner, and uh, we're probably partnering with uh, with each other on like larger deals. Like uh, if there's a twenty, thirty million dollar deal that comes along, we might uh, join forces to get that deal done, and so on. Uh, if it's a smaller deal, we each have the ability to do this ourselves because what we do is we syndicate the deal. So we basically we go look for investors. Uh, that want to be part of the deal. They get a very nice return. They get par- obviously a good piece of the upside and so on and so forth. And, uh, and that's a very scalable model. It's a very interesting model. So what, what we are independent of each other, we're building up the deal flows and we're building up our investor basis more than we already have. But yeah, we, we're definitely probably going to do a couple more deals together. Not everyone, but, but as it makes sense. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, you mentioned syndication. Had you raised money before or was this kind of a, a new foray in, in raising money? No, I never raised money before. I, I, I literally, I mean, because with those land deals, I mean, I got my first land deal for $400 and sold it for $4,000. And then the next one I got for $500, sold it for $9,500. So I built up really from zero cash while having a job. And and then, so I have, I, I was blessed to actually never have to ask uh, to raise money, but but also over the years, I had the benefit of having built up a really, really good reputation in the market. So there's a lot of people that that know uh, that, that that trust us and so on. So the good thing is it was it was nerve wracking. Let's put it that way to go out there and ask for money for the first time. But at the same time, the results were very positive because uh, if you have a good reputation in your life, if you're somebody that people trust, then then they're going to listen to you. And that's what happened. Not everyone we talked to invested, but we were we were able to. And for this deal, we needed to raise 1.4 million dollars. And uh, we were able to raise that in a very short time. And uh, so I was I was actually very positively surprised of of really how not simple, but how quickly it went and how positive the reception was. 
What was nerve wracking? Or you said it was nerve wracking. So obviously there was maybe some kind of limiting belief in your mind when you said, oh my gosh, I have to raise $1.4 yeah. million. What was, what was it that you were anxious about or what was stressful about that thought? Well, my number one thing in life is that I follow Warren Buffett's rule. Number Rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, uh, don't forget rule number one, right? So I am very conservative. So we, for example, in our deal, what we did is we didn't take, instead of taking a five-year loan, like most people do, we took a 20-year loan with a seven-year defeasance class prepayment penalty, but after four years, it's already 1%. So we put some things in place. I'm very conservative on there. So in the past, I felt very comfortable doing deals with my own money because, hey, if I lose money, it's my money, right? And then I'm not putting anyone else in harm's way. So before I went out and asked for anyone's money, I needed to check off all the checkboxes and make sure that their money is safe, right? So the most nerve-wracking thing was really my thing that's like, okay, now I'm responsible and I'm the steward for somebody else's money. And that's a mind shift that I needed to do first. And once I done this mind shift, I helped that this that this deal was phenomenal. There was a great deal, and that uh, and that only deal, those are the kind of deals we're looking at. But that the mind shift was that now instead of just going after my using my own money, I'm now steward of somebody else's money, which puts a whole bunch more responsibility on my shoulders. So I needed to think through all the different pieces first to make sure that that there's really almost no chance that anyone ever is going to lose their money. And we put in all kinds of security measures in there to make sure our investors are safe. Yeah, that's right. So your biggest concern was basically losing friends and family money, right? right. Which, is, which is real, but you know, yeah. Now, so what is your conclusion about multifamily, right? So you're, you're now a steward of, of other people's money and compared to other investments you've seen, I mean, where does multifamily rank in the risk reward spectrum? Oh, I love it. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's risen up to the almost the very top of my favorite investment methods, along with the land, obviously. But uh, because, uh, because if you get, I mean, there's certain keys to multifamily, in my opinion, and the number one key is management. Obviously, the number one key is the quality of the deal in the first place. If it's a crappy deal, excuse my language, but if it's a bad deal to come in, you don't want to deal with that property in the first place. So if there's, if it's a property that's already running perfectly, there's no more upside. Well, I don't want to buy that property because there's no point in that. But if it fills our criteria, management is the number one thing. And if you have a good property management company and it's run well, it's like, it's like as hands off as I've any, ever seen anything ever. It is beautiful. It's cash flow like that deal that we bought 93 units within six months. We almost doubled the net operating income on that property. Amazing. I mean, uh, with that, the value of the property is obviously almost doubled, which means now, even though we took an 80% off purchase price loan, this loan to value ratio, because the value has doubled, is now at 40-50%. So this is an extremely safe investment for investors right now, because if we would sell this thing today, we could get almost twice as much for it but the loan is still the same so it's on every aspect of it it is a it is a super low risk high rewards business our investors making double digits we're making cash flow i mean i love every part of it the key is proper property management yeah clearly property management is the absolute key i'm also fascinated by how multifamily performs in a recession so obviously the default rate with houses was, was very high, but with multifamily, it was like 0.4%. And that includes both California and Florida in there. So without them, it's like 0.01%. Like the default rate was very, very low in the recession. Right. Uh, and the reason that people got themselves in trouble is because they bought stuff. They Number one, they overpaid and then they get five-year arms that they had to refinance or sell right there in the recession. And, and those are the very few then that defaulted. But the default rate of multifamily was extraordinarily low. So right. another reason I, I like that.
Now, obviously, you went through, you know, you just started with land, but then you, there was a period of time when you did a lot of single family houses. Looking back on that, would you have started with multifamily sooner or was there something compelling that uh, that would have delayed that? No, uh, probably is my number one regret is that uh, in 2009, or, uh, I didn't start with multifamily. Instead, I started with houses because I I think I cur- the, the, the cash flow in our life would have been multifold higher by now than it is uh, because I started. But then again, on the other hand, probably it was necessary to go that path for us because even though we had done 30 something hundred or 3000 deals or something like that by that time, we still didn't have much experience in in construction in, in in actual buildings so it was actually it was a very good learning experience to go through those rehabs and and go through the tenant experiences and go through to all the kind of stories i'll tell my grandchildren one day about uh, midnight move outs and things like that so 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 in aftermath yes do i wish i would have started in multifamily earlier yes absolutely but uh, i think overall it's it, it all happened the way it happened for a reason and it's all good yeah, it all it all does. Uh, it always happens for for a reason. I think for myself, I don't know about you. I mean, I I always thought about apartment buildings in in my mind as I was happily flipping my houses, but I always thought it was an advanced strategy that I would graduate to some way. And now looking back on it, it actually wasn't true at all, right? I don't know how you felt about that, but could you have gone right to multifamily if you decided you want to do that, or what? What do you think in your mind was holding you back from from doing that at the time? Um, with proper guidance, properly, yes. With proper guidance, probably yes, because we're pretty go-getter people. We, we know we can accomplish certain things and so on. We set our goal to it. But probably back then, I mean, I when I really look back to 2002, I my mindset was completely different than it's today. I was I was much more in the like uh, in, the, in the employee mindset. I was much more in like uh, just thinking small and, uh, and 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 so on. And then and then my own success helped me grow my thinking, right? And even going into multifamily, we realized like, let's step this up. We need to grow. We need to do something more. And and now not just buy one, we have goals to buy 5,000 apartments in the next five years. So probably only perhaps in the next year might only be one or two more deals because we're also doing a lot of travel this year. But then we're using that to the time to also put all the offer, all the real good systems in place to make this big scalable. So our mind has expanded to 5,000 units. Versus uh, initially, I was scared about doing my first land deal. So if I, somebody would have come to me in 2002 with an apartment deal, I probably would have run the other way. But not because I, I'm not capable of doing it, but because I had zero knowledge and, and I didn't think I could yeah. do it. You know, uh, now with what I know, with proper guidance and knowing what, it all comes down to knowledge, right? It all comes down to knowledge. If you know the language of multifamily. If you know the criteria to select the deal, what makes a good deal versus a bad deal, uh, if you know what you can accomplish in multifamily, then it's actually simpler than single families. Those are big right? words, and I agree with you. It's 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 difficult to believe that from mo- where most people sit at the RIA meeting every single month, what you just said. It, it is so true, and it, it does imply a mind shift. I found that if I can help someone visualize how to do something, for example, overcoming lack of experience, with a few simple techniques, over, overcoming lack of funds with a few simple techniques. Can, if I can show someone like that, they kind of, this light bulb goes off and they they realize all of a sudden, oh my gosh, it, it actually is possible. Now, I may not know all the details, but for the first time, I'm like, I think this is actually possible. And that's kind of what I'm on a mission right. for is because like you said, multifamily actually is frankly easier. It's forever cash, which was house flipping is not. 
And but most people dismiss it, the strategy because of the reasons that you just mentioned, which is I don't have enough experience or enough knowledge or I don't have enough cash. Well, have yeah, cash. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And now, you know, you know, you, you know how to overcome those things. And that makes multifamily so powerful. So. I 100% agree. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And it's, uh, and as I said, you do have to look at certain things and you have to grow a little bit to, to do this, but you can grow with a, by watching it, by, by going through the motions with things, by practicing, by practicing analysis. Now, since that deal, we have been chasing more deals. I mean, I've gotten really good at analyzing deals now, right? And, um, because now the first time I looked at a spreadsheet and I was like, I didn't know what these numbers meant. Because on a house, you don't need that many spreadsheets, right? You can put it on a paper or a napkin. And, and, and on a Martha family, you're looking at a more complex spreadsheet. But by now, having analyzed 20, 30 deals by now or more, it's like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. And uh, it makes you just much more comfortable. It's like everything. you got to practice it. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So what's your advice to someone who's maybe he was in your, in your shoes? You know, they maybe have done a few single family houses or thinking about single family house. And there's something gnawing at them going, ah, it just seems like too much work. I can't quit my job fast enough. And maybe they're thinking multifamily, but they, they excuse it kind of like, you know, like a lot of us do as a viable strategy for them. Uh, what's, your, what's your advice to, to those kind of people? Well, get help. I mean, get, get, uh, get assistance. Go shadow somebody. Get, get a coach. Get a mentor uh, that, that has done it before. I mean, a mentorship uh, is really what it, what it in essence is. It's a time compressor. Right? You can figure anything out in life yourself, but, uh, but it might take you 10, 20 years. Right? I mean, why do kids have math classes in, 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 in school? Right? It's basically they have math classes because well, their teacher is their mentor. Math has been figured out before. They don't have to figure out the, the math problems of this world. They need somebody who teach them how that works. It's the same thing in languages and everything. We are using tutors and mentors all our lives. We just call them teachers and call it high school, right? But uh, outside of that, it's the same thing. People trying to figure this out themselves and trying to raise the money themselves or trying to earn the money themselves. And it might take you years and years and years to raise $1.4 million dollars by whichever profession you have to then get the deal. But you, you can put 15, 14 people together at $100,000 each or 28 people at $50,000 each and you got the money raised and you get a piece of the deal and, uh, and, and, and everyone makes a good income on there. So get a mentor, get somebody that can get you to those mental hurdles and show, tell you what to look at uh, in, those, in those deals. Because that's the thing that for example, I didn't know. I know how to look at an apartment. I know how to repair, uh, how much it costs now to repair anything around around any kind of improved, uh, improved properties, a kitchen, bathroom, things like that. How much carpet, how much tile should cost. But what numbers do I look at in an apartment complex is something I had to learn first. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. What are you excited about right now, Jack? Well, I'm excited about in, in our own personal life, what, we, what we're doing right now, we're, uh, we obviously, we are focused on cash flow and we have built up cash flow to multiple avenues. So this year, this, this next half a year right now, uh, we are actually doing a lot of travel. We just came back from three weeks in Europe, uh, including our uh, both uh, Germany, where we both have some roots on, 
We are uh, going to another two and a half months of travel for the rest of the year. We're going to China for, uh, well, actually to Asia, Tokyo, uh, China, Beijing, Hong Kong, Bali for in, uh, pretty much all the month of October. We're going, I'm going back to Germany two more times this year. Uh, we're going to, or with a family, one of them, uh, we're going to South America. We're doing things like that. And all the same time, we can do, we can run or continue running our businesses because the way we've structured them. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about 5,000 deals in five years. I'm excited about building this up and, and the cash flow uh, that comes from that and the lives of the investors that will be transformed by it buy it because there's so many people who have money in the bank at one or two percent or so or even the stock market at whatever it is and uh, they don't even know that or in a self-directed IRA they don't even know that they can get make 10 12 16 percent a year on average with some with some multifamily deals that are really really safe so so I'm excited about about that growth I'm putting a lot of effort into that and and I'm excited about life in general. I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a beautiful time right now. We we even took our daughter out of school to uh, to for her to travel with us. We're homeschooling her right now, and it's just like we're it's it's a special special time right now. That's fantastic. Uh, it's it's great. Yeah, and enjoy it. It's fantastic. You guys, you've earned it. If people want to get a hold of you, Jack, how do they find you? Well, I'm on Facebook under Jack Bosch. They can find me there. Depending on what they want to know, if they want to know more about the apartment complexes, they can go to jackbosch.com forward slash apartments. Again, jackbosch.com forward slash apartments. There's a little information about that. Uh, we're still laying out all the foundation and things like that. Right now, we're able to probably do two, three deals a year or so on with just our investor basis. Uh, and, and if they want to know about the land flipping thing, they can go to jackbosch.com forward slash land. And, and learn more about that and, and so on. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jack, for uh, sharing part of your story here today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I find it interesting that so many successful people achieve the same result, which is cash flow and financial freedom, and they get to the same conclusion from different routes. And Jack is no exception to that. He starts with flipping land for cash flow, which is really bizarre, but he is really, really successful at it. I got to know him a little bit more. He actually teaches others how to do that at jackbosch.com. So definitely check it out. It's a fascinating strategy and could be a very good complement to the multifamily stuff. But what I find interesting is that his journey through single family house rentals ended Guess where? At multifamily. All paths, all conclusions lead to, to multifamily because it is the daggone best business, best way in the world to generate passive income within two to three years so you can quit your job and do whatever you want. Now, some people take longer than others to come to that conclusion. And I can tell you right now that you can fast track that and go right to multifamily. And I encourage you, as Jack has recommended, to find a partner or a mentor. And I'm happy to help with that. Just uh, go to themichaelblank.com, which is my website, themichaelblank.com. Start by downloading the free ebook. It's called The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. That will probably dispel a lot of the myths around having to have your own money around apartment building. So definitely stop by and then spend some time. I have gobs and gobs of articles, YouTube videos, podcasts all around financial freedom and apartment building. So definitely consume that. If you want more, you can click on the products link and look at some of my uh, premium paid programs and, and online courses if you're ready for more. But really, really think about it, educate yourself and see if multifamily is right for you. All right, you guys, hope that inspired you. I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. 
For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.